You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. How y'all doing? Man, it's so good to be here in the house of the Lord this morning. As Andrew said, we're continuing on in our series, God So Loved. But before we get there, man, I just want to celebrate what God did in this building last weekend. Right, so we are estimating that about 400 people came through for the Harlem Hoppening last Saturday. And we got to talk to people, build relationships, share the gospel some, which is what it's all about. And we had volunteers all over the place showing God's love to our community. And then on Sunday, last week, Easter Sunday, we saw seven decisions. Seven people taking their next step of faith. And God gets all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. And man, we want to celebrate the fact that He is still who He is. Amen? He's still God. He still works. He still moves even in the midst of crazy, jacked up people like me and like you. Right? He, he specializes in using imperfect people. And man, we're a church full of imperfect people. But God is using us together to change the world because He is faithful, because He is good, because He is powerful, because He is holy, because He is who He is. Man, and if I ever get up here and we don't celebrate the fact that God is God and that He's good and that He's loved, then something's wrong. Amen. It's all about Him. It always has been and it always will be. Man, we... We set up this building on Friday nights, usually. Man, the school's been, man, they're a blessing to us. There are some churches that, that meet in schools around the area, and they just don't have the same type of relationship that we've been blessed to have. And I say all that because we only have five more weeks of setting up before summer. Amen? So here's the deal. In those five weeks, we have two different setup teams. If you guys would be interested and helping for these last five weeks, get with me or get with Elena who's in the back with the yellow smile, Sunday fun day shirt on. You can't miss her. And get with her, get with me, and we can get you plugged into one of these teams. And man, I don't want you to ever think that there's any team less significant than any other team. All these teams play a part in what God's doing. And all these teams are important. And we're going to look back one day and we're going to say, man, we don't miss setting up, right? We're, the day's coming where we have some land, where we have a building, and man, we're going to look back and say, man, I kind of miss those Friday night setups, but not really, right? I don't miss putting all that stuff together, but I just wanted to give you an opportunity if maybe you don't really like talking to people, you don't like being around a lot of people, maybe setup is the perfect team for you to just jump in and just, man, we just work. We put all these pipe and drapes together. We fill up horse trough so we could dip people in them for baptism, right? We do a lot of cool stuff, man, and it all goes back to showing God's love to the world. It all goes back to honoring and glorifying the Savior. This coming Saturday, we have another opportunity, a Saturday service, always the last Saturday of the month. And what we're going to do is we're going to meet here at the school at 9 a.m. in the parking lot, and we're just going to pick up trash around the area. We're just going to make our streets look a little better. So we'll meet up here at 9. Ross will kind of do whatever he does. He'll split up teams if there's enough people or whatever. And we'll have designated areas that we're going to go. And we're just going to pick up trash. And we're going to serve our city well. Because we're here for a reason, right? God positioned us in this city to
to make a difference. So we're going to make a tangible, practical difference this coming Saturday. Now, with all that said, we're about to jump into Scripture. And last week we looked at John 3.16 and what that really means. We looked at the fact that God so loved us that He sent Jesus on a rescue mission for us. And that even the religious leaders, even though they knew all of the Old Testament, right, they had it memorized, they didn't understand what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus. But we, man, in this time, in this day and age, we have the opportunity to believe in Him, to put our faith in Him, to put our trust in Him. And because of that, we get to have a personal, intimate relationship with the Savior of the world. Man, and there's no greater decision that you'll ever make in your life. And we looked at Jesus going to the cross. And we looked at what that meant for us as sinners and how He took that sin upon Himself. And that the resurrection is important because we don't serve and worship a dead Savior. We serve and worship a Savior that is risen, a Savior that's alive, a Savior that's making intercession for believers right here and right now. But then what happened? What happened after the resurrection? Jesus was, was back on earth, right? Well, He never left. He was here. He was alive. He was well, and He was here for 40 days. What did He do? And there's a lot, right? So we're not going to cover all of it. We're going to be in John chapter 20. And what I think that we can learn this morning is how His love impacts our lives. And if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of times we really like the love part when it comes to salvation, but we really start to lose sight or lose focus of the love part when it's living life to the fullest. And we see in John 10.10 10, that He came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly, to give us life to the fullest. So how can we live that life? What can we learn? John chapter 20, starting in verse 11, says, But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Let's pray. God, I pray that you speak this morning through your spirit. We're going to give you the honor, the glory, and the praise in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's what we have going on. Mary goes to the tomb. Jesus is gone. Tomb's empty. She's freaking out. Like, where, where is he? Somebody stole him. Somebody took him. And she sees two angels, and they're like, hey, don't be... Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Don't be sad. And then Jesus appears. And she says, hey, have you taken my Lord? So she mistakes him for the gardener. Now, here's just some practical application for this. There's times that Jesus works in your life through other people and you don't see it. Man, you're so wrapped up in what's going on around you that Jesus is sending people into your life to speak into your life 
to do things in your life and you're so blinded by what's going on in the world that you mistake this person for a gardener. And, and we say, man, Jesus never does anything in my life. Jesus never speaks to me. Jesus never reveals anything to me. And oftentimes he works through the words of other people. Right? And we're so blinded by what's going on that we miss the fact that he's right here using someone to speak to us. How many of you have kids in this room? Be honest, even if you don't want to own them. Just, all right. So, man, I don't know how many times this has happened for you, but it's happened to me a lot that my kids will tell me something, and kids are pretty honest, right? They're going to be straightforward with you, whether you want them to or not. And every Sunday, I always pick like three or four different shoes to wear, and I'm like, hey, which one looks better? Which one looks bad? And, man, my, my daughters, they love it because they're just fashionistas, and they're like, yeah, that one looks horrible, that one doesn't look good either. So we try other ones and they're like, yep, none. You need to go buy new shoes. Like none of these look good. They're just honest. They're going to tell you the truth. But I've come to find that there's times that God uses these little children to speak to me. Man, that they say things that are so truthful that it can just cut me to the core because the Spirit is using whatever means that He wants to use to speak to us. And man, we just miss it. We miss it because we're not in tune with the Spirit. Jesus asked her this question. Why are you sad? And whom are you seeking? Who are you seeking? She went seeking after Jesus. And guess what? He shows up. And I want to encourage you this morning that when you go seeking after Him, He shows up. Man, He's already here, right? And when we seek Him, we can find him. But what does his love do? Number one is this. His love calls you by name. He says, Mary. And as soon as he says her name, she recognizes that it is Jesus. How many times in life does the Spirit speak our name and we just automatically know, hey, God is talking to me. God is trying to show me something. God is telling me to do something. Or how often does the Spirit call our name in His love and in His grace? And we ignore the call of God. See, there's always, there's always options. There's always decisions for us to make. He loves us enough to where He gives us the free will to make whatever decision it is that we're going to make. See, it's not love when someone forces you to love them back. It's not love when someone forces you to love them back. Now, I know this in my own life because me and Ashley, when we met, we, we went to an amazing date. Our first date, I had it all planned out. It was great. We went to First Friday downtown Augusta, right? This is romantic city, right? This is, this is the place to be. And I had a buddy who was playing. They used to set up bands. I don't know if they still do that, bands in the street. My buddy was playing. I was like, hey, let's go watch this guy play. My former youth pastor was there with us, and he was like, yeah, dude, she's pretty cute. I was like, yeah, I know. Like, that's, that's why I'm with her, um, at least for this first date, right? It's, anyway, so we go, and man, I, in my youngness, and my immaturity, and maybe arrogance, was like, man, I can make her fall for me. I can make her fall in love with me. And about two weeks later, she's like, she ghosted me, right? If you know what that word means, that's what she did. She stopped texting me 
or stop calling me. She stopped talking to me. And I'm like, whoo, okay. So what's going on? So I reach out and she's like, yeah, I think we just should just be friends, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I don't need any more friends. I have a lot of friends, right? I don't want any more friends. Like that, that's over for me. So I realized in that moment that I could not make her, like I couldn't force her to love me. She just wasn't, she wasn't having it. There was this taller guy with more hair and he was a lot more handsome than me. And I'm not going to say his name. He might be watching. If you're watching, man, I hope you found Jesus. But here's, here's the deal. Man, a few months later, she reaches out to me. And I'm like, yeah, so this is what it's supposed to be like. And I realized right in that moment that I could not make her love me. It was a choice that she had to make. It's a choice that I had to make to love her. And the rest is history, right? We've been married a long time now, a long time. And now we just keep growing together more and more and more and more. And it's a choice every day to just continue to grow together. Man, God loves you enough to where He's never going to force you to love Him back. And when you seek Him, man, He's there waiting and ready for you. So who are you seeking? Man, He knows you by name. In John 10, we see, says this, To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all of his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Do you know the voice of God this morning in your life? Do you know the voice of God this morning in your life? Man, because there's many times that he's speaking over you. He's calling out to you. And do you know in that moment that the Spirit is saying your name? Do you know His voice? Man, His love will call you by name. And when His love calls you by name, the sadness and the heartache and the depression, I don't want you to to hear me this morning saying that all that goes away. What I'm saying is that He's enough for all of that. I want you to know that she was still sad because He was gone, right? Mary came to, to see the body of Jesus. He was gone. She was sad. He says, hey, Why are you sad? Here I am. I don't don't want you to think that her sadness went away, right? The scripture doesn't tell us if her sadness went away, but as a human, I just know that even if they're back, that sadness is still kind of lingering. So I don't want you to hear me this morning saying that he's going to take all that away from you. I do want you to hear me say that he can, and he's powerful enough to do it. But I also want you to know this morning that sometimes as we're drowning and we reach out for Him, He doesn't pull us out of the pool. He drags us through it. But He's always there with us the whole time. And He loves you enough that He calls you by name. If we continue reading, it says, On the evening of that same day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Man, number two is this. His love calms your fear. Man, some of you are sitting in this place this morning and you're just full of fear. You're full of fear for the future. 
Maybe some of you have teenagers that are about to graduate and they're about to go off to college or go off to work or maybe you have no clue what life is doing. Maybe some of you just moved to town and you're, you just, just, there's fear all around you about this new area and meeting people and making connections. Maybe some of you are fearful over job situations. Maybe some of you are fearful over health situations. Whatever it may be, here's what I know. His love can and will calm your fears. The disciples had locked themselves in this room. Why? Because they were scared. Jesus had just been murdered. Right? And these are these followers of Jesus. And they locked themselves in this room because they were afraid of the Jews. And Jesus just appears to them. So just an encouraging tidbit for you this morning. Even when you lock Jesus out, or even when you put up blocks, Jesus is still there in the moment with you. Just waiting for you to recognize His presence so that He can calm your fears. Man, fear is real, right? I told you guys last week I'm not a risk taker at all. It's just not something that I'm into. I did get made fun of at Life Group a little bit about that Wednesday. So although we encourage people to go to groups, I do want you to know that if you're up here and say something, they're using it against you. So just take that for what it is. But man, I'm just, I don't like being scared. It's just not, that's not for me. That's why I don't take risks. I don't want to jump out of planes. I really don't. Paul, who built this amazing base right here, by the way, for this trough, he, he told me on Friday night, he was like, hey man, let's just jump out of a plane. It'll be fun. Like it's nervous. You know what I mean, you're nervous at first, but when you jump, all the nerves go away. Like, yeah, dude, no. Like, why do you want to do that? Like, I would be so scared. Fear would just be, like, all over me. And I'm like, man, I don't even know how to work, a, like, a parachute thing. I'd forget. He was like, yeah, you don't have to. There's people with you that do that. Heck no. Like, I'm not putting my life in somebody else's hands. Like, if I'm going to die, it, it needs to be my fault, right? And I don't take risks, so I should live a decent life. The only risk I take is eating a lot of ice cream late at night. And I have three kids, Right? So, man, that's about as far as I go with risk. But fear's real. And man, it can, it can do some things within you. Man, that fear begins to take over and we lose sight of who God is and how He can calm that in our life. Man, maybe we believe that He can do it, but we're not believing in the fact that He wants to do that. We're not believing in the fact that Man, he's, he's given you not a spirit of fear, right? As, as Scripture teaches us, and man, that's just not what he does. He brings peace into situations. Philippians 4 says this way, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Listen to verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard you. Man, His peace is supernatural peace. And His love will calm your fears. We continue reading in John chapter 20, verse 24 says, Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin. Now, he was also called Didymus, right? And that just that's a horrible name to have. Like Didymus is just not a good name, but it means twin. 
He was not with them when Jesus came. And we've always heard about Thomas, right? And what is his adjective every time we hear about him? Doubting Thomas, right? This is why. So Thomas wasn't there. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he, Thomas, said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger in the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. So eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands and put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Here's number three. His love cancels your doubt. Now, We've talked about this here before, and I want to be very clear when I say this. That all your doubts aren't going away. That some of you are still going to have doubts. You're still going to have questions. But when I say that His love cancels your doubt, this is what I mean. That the doubt that He is who He says He is, that goes away. We know that He is who He says He is. Because the tomb is empty, we can believe that He is who He is. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have questions. It doesn't mean that there may not be some doubts that arise. And we see in Scripture the Father cry out, Hey, I believe, but help my unbelief. He's having doubts because the situation is just so dire. He knows that Jesus is enough. He knows that Jesus is who He says He is, but He still has doubts. And here's the encouraging news this morning, that Jesus can still work even in the midst of your doubts. The doubt that He cancels is the doubt that He's not who He says He is. And He cancels that. The resurrection cancels that. His love cast out that doubt. Because man, if He defeated death, and He's alive today, and His Spirit is in the midst, working in this place, then He is who He says He is. And who He is is everything that we're not. And when we need it, and when we need some some faith, when we need some strength, when we need some peace, when we need some love, He is that. Man, His love calls you by name. He knows His sheep, and His sheep know His voice. And how encouraging is it that the Savior of the world wants to have a relationship with you? So much so, that He took on the wrath of an almighty, perfect, holy God on the cross to rescue you, to rescue me. And because of that, we can have a relationship with Him. And He knows your name. And He loves you enough to call it out. To call it out for me when I'm about to do something really dumb and the spirit's like hey dustin don't do that i'm like yeah i don't think that was the spirit yes it was right now we make so many excuses but his love and it calls your name his love calms your fear and his love cancels the doubt that he is who he says he is because the tomb is empty anything is possible in your life anything we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up 
really, really quickly, but in all three of these, these passages that we read, there's, there's something important going on here. Something important going on. Jesus says to go. He says, I am sending you. And He says, just believe. So if we look at verse 17, John chapter 20, 17, He's talking to Mary. And He says this, Jesus said to her, Do not cling to Me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to My brothers and say to them all the things that I tell you to say. Right? And then we see in verse 21, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And then he says to Thomas, Do not disbelieve, but believe. These are actions. Jesus tells them to take an action. To go. He says, I'm sending you. He says, hey, don't disbelieve, but believe. So what does that mean for us? His love should prompt us to some action. What is that action? After, I mean, the first step, the first action is to receive Him and to put our trust and our faith in Him as Lord and as Savior. But then what? What is the action? And I know that most of you, if you've been around church for any amount of time, you've heard this, but in Matthew 28, this is what He tells His, his followers. He says this, verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We call this the Great Commission. This is what Jesus told His followers. He said, hey, go and make disciples of all people, of everyone. It doesn't matter what race they are. It doesn't matter how much money they have. It doesn't matter if they're male. It doesn't matter if they're female. It doesn't matter if they have a lot of fear, if they have a little bit of fear. None of this matters. Go and make disciples of all people everywhere. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he says, hey, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. And, and what does that mean? Because we don't see physically Jesus sitting in this room with us. But Scripture teaches us that He says, hey, I'm going to send a helper for you. The Spirit of God is going to be with you. So as you go and you make disciples, hey, you're not going by yourself. The Spirit of God is going with you. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. We see in the... Man, everybody thinks that the Holy Spirit fell at Pentecost, but we see here... In the passage that we just read, He was with His disciples and, and the Bible teaches us that He breathed on them. And He said, receive the Holy Spirit. And every person that gives their life to Jesus, in that moment, He is breathing the Holy Spirit into you. And we go about life. Man, one, thinking that we have no power that we have no hope, that we have no future. And the Spirit of God is within us as believers saying the complete opposite of that. Saying that you do have power because I'm giving you the power. That you do have hope because I am your hope. You do have a future because I'm giving you a future. 
Just listen to me. Follow me. Yield to me. And take action. Now we want to be a church full of people that are taking action for Jesus. And I want everyone in this room to know how important it is to have a relationship with Jesus. And I want you to know how important it is to continue to take steps of faith after that relationship. Now we don't just get a relationship with Jesus and think everything is, is done. Because it's not. He's called us to action and the action is to fall more and more and more in love with Him. And as we do that, the Spirit begins to work and we begin to share the gospel with people. And we begin to make disciples of all nations. And this morning we're going to baptize two people at least in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit as they say, hey, I have followed Jesus. And I want to, what I want to do this morning is I want to open that up to any of you as well. If you're sitting in this place this morning and your next step is baptism, man, I want to invite you down. And we have some shirts, we have some shorts, we got a hair dryer if you need one. What I don't want is I don't want for any of you to leave this place knowing that that's the next step that you need to take. Because you have the opportunity in this place, in this moment, to take that step. And we'll have someone down here that can talk to you, that can kind of set you up for that. We're going to end service just a little different this morning, but we're going to sing a little like we always do. But, man, in this moment of singing, this is your moment of response to the Spirit. Maybe for some of you, it's I've never given my life to Jesus and this is the day for you. This is the day of salvation for you. You realize that you're a sinner and that you're in need of a Savior. You realize that when Jesus stood up on His nail, pierced feet and said, it is finished, paid in full, that it counted for you. That He's done everything necessary for your salvation. And you want to confess today. You want to commit your life that He is Lord and that you will follow Him wherever He leads. And if that's you in this place, I want you to come down forward as we sing this song of response. I want you to tell me or tell Elena, I just gave my life to Jesus. And we want to celebrate with you. And if you want to take your next step of baptism, man, today could be that day for you. So let's stand together. I'm going to pray and then we're going to, we're going to sing this song together, this is the moment for you to respond to whatever the Holy Spirit is leading you to do in this place. But know because of His love that, man, He's calling out to you. Whether that's to give your life to Him, whether that's to take your next step of baptism, whether that's to take your next step of joining a serve team here, or joining a life group, or maybe joining the church. Whatever your next step of faith is, man, do not leave this place without being obedient to the Spirit this morning. Let's pray together and then let's sing to an almighty, worthy God. We love you, Jesus. Thank you so much for rescuing sinners like me. 
God, because you are who you are, I'm able to, to have a relationship with the Creator of the world. I've been brought from death to life because of your salvation. So God, in this moment, as we, as we begin to sing and we begin to respond to you, God, I pray that you, through your Spirit, give people the boldness to take their next step of faith in this place. God, as we prepare for baptism, God, I thank you for these people who are publicly declaring their faith in you, saying, I've given my life to Jesus, and I want to symbolize that new life. God, thank you for their boldness and their obedience to you. God, we're honoring you in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing together this morning. So what can I say? What can I do? But offer this heart, oh God, completely you. And what can I say? What can I do, Lord, for Jesus? But offer this heart, oh God, completely to you. Oh, so I stand. So I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in all of the one who gave it all. And I'll stand, my soul, Lord, to you surrender all I am is yours. So I'll stand, so I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in all on the one who gave it all. And I'll stand. My soul, Lord, to you surrendered all I am is yours. All I am and all I have is yours. Guys, you may be seated. We're going to just continue in our response time with baptism. And again, and I, man, I get a chance to talk to everyone that's getting baptized and just to make sure that they understand what it means to to give their life to Jesus, to follow after him and that baptism doesn't save you. Um, there's nothing there's nothing crazy, holy about this moment except for the fact that Jesus commanded that we do it. That Jesus said, Hey, this is the next step. And these these two guys, they said, Hey, we want to take that next step. We've given our life to Jesus. We understand that this is a, a symbol of our old life passing away and we're raised up to walk in a new life with Jesus. So I'm going to call Jamin Chamberlain up here first. And man, this dude is super smart. 
for one, like smarter than me. And man, you can step up here, bud. I'm gonna help you in there. The water might be cold. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can step on that step. Okay. It's warm. Praise God. I'm gonna get you to turn around this way because I'm right-handed, man, and I'll drop you on my left. So I'm gonna ask you a few questions, okay? You don't have to give a speech. So I, when I talked to Jamie, he was like, hey, the only part I'm nervous about is giving a speech. And I was like, bro, you don't have to give a speech. Like, I do that part. I'm, I, I like talking. So here's the questions. Do you believe you're a sinner in need of a Savior? Yes. We all are, man. And your mom told me for sure that you are. I'm just kidding. Do you believe that Jesus has done everything necessary for your salvation? Have you committed to follow him wherever he sends you? So just a quick story. About, about this. I asked Jamin this, and he was like, I asked him, I said, what if he sends you to Africa? He was like, well, there's some bugs over there that like bite, so if I had the right resources and stuff like that, I'd go. So that's amazing that he just thinks that far ahead, but Jesus will always give you the right resources, right? Amen, man. It's by this profession of faith that I baptize you. You might want to get on your knees and hold your nose. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, man. Man, that water is warm. Next, we have Jamie Bell. Can you smell? You can step up there, bud. So, Jamie, we had that same conversation, and he assured me that he was giving his life to Jesus and he wanted to take this next step. So I'm going to ask you some questions, man. Face this way, if you would. Again, I don't want to drop you, bro. So do you believe that you're a sinner in need of a Savior? Do you believe that Jesus has done everything necessary for your salvation? Do you commit to follow him wherever he sends you, even to Africa? Yes. Amen, man. It's by this profession of faith you get on your knees that I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we celebrate life change because it shows death being brought to life. That's what Jesus does. Jesus brings dead people, dead things, and he resurrects them to life. And it's because of his resurrection, because of his love, because of his power, that we have the opportunity to say, I am alive in Christ. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.